0: Friends who have become familia, you know what time it is. Welcome to your favorite hour of the beautiful game every week. Yes, welcome to Reformed Hooligans presented to you by SSAW. As always, I am your host, Osahan, joined here with my guy, Brian. Today, Brian, um, we're going to be, I don't know, let's see. We'll we'll have you be Bruno Fernandez and I'm going to be Anthony Alonga because I I can't complain. Today's a beautiful day. Man, you won. Nigeria went undefeated in the group stage, won all three of their games in the AFCON group stage, Group D. Folks said it was the group of death. I don't know what they're talking about. It's a good day for me. Brian, how are you?
1: Good. You know, uh, we are, I mean, AFCON's gotten just quite juicy, (laughs) quite juicy with Algeria and Ghana completely, pretty much screwed at this point. We'll mention that later in the episode. But, um, you know, Nigeria cruising, Ivory Coast looks like they finally, you know, are, they're pulling through. So um, I'm still pulling for Mali. I think Mali will still be my favorite for now. But, same, um,
0: same. They're the Sierra Leone possible dark horse Cinderella.
1: Very. I was. I like the Comoros story too. I mean, they only won one game so far, but yeah. That was but a but
0: that you know that but it was a
1: it was a win.
0: <laughs> it was a it was a, <laughs> the upset of the tournament.
1: It, yeah, that, that was a, that was just fun. I always like seeing that. And um, speaking of salty comments and winning, um, let's talk about Manchester United uh, in two fronts here, because uh, ironically they're involved in two major stories. Uh, so I can't hold my excitement any longer because Philip Coutinho is finally freed of Catalonia. And Philip Coutinho comes in and basically pulls a Fernando Torres in the 2010 World Cup, creates two chances in five minutes, and scores. <laughs> like, sick. It, it, it's like, it's, it's, you know what they always say? Is Steven Gerrard's right when he says this, too. Because you know when he mentioned this, he, he had Torres in mind when he said it. Oh, for sure. Which is, quality may fall, but talent never disappears. Something along that line. And Gerrard's right. Gerrard's right. Because even when he was playing in the MLS and Lampard was playing on the other side, those two were still balling
0: they were killing I mean, that Steven Gerrard with the LA Galaxy, they still had Landon Donovan. They still had Robbie Keane. Like that was a, that was a hell of a squad.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I said before, I think without players like Gerrard Lampard and others, the MLS wouldn't be quite where it is now to where Lorenzo Insigne is joining for $11 million a year. So that's, you know, we think, we think Stevie G and as a, as an adopted villa supporter. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, um, seeing the rumors to Luis, uh, Luis Suarez now, it just kind of like, it, it makes it fun to roof a villa. And I'm like, Jack Grealish was the sacrificial lamb. You know, that's all I'm saying. That's all it is. He and was. You know, it was
0: worth it. It was worth he, it. He was. And I, I think we talked about this in the summer window as the Grealish rumors were heating up that. Man, they probably are better off without him. And they were going to get
1: relegated if they they, did so. they
0: were going to, so you might as well give him up and see what you can do with the money you get back. I mean,
1: I mean, why do you want to be Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace with, with a star player? Bingo. I mean, because they did overpay for Wesley. They did overpay for El Ghazi. They did overpay Tyrone Mings to leave Bournemouth. So, I mean, with that being said, now, targeting cash were quality. John McGinn it was a, was a steal. Signs, Douglas yeah. Luiz. John, nice. John
0: McGinn is being linked for a possible move.
1: Which is why the Manchester United... And, and you know, it's crazy. Coutinho did all that against Manchester United. John McGinn's Probably. linked to Manchester United. Correct. And, you know, um, United's academy uh, 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 really showed out the last two games. And yet, you know, Ronaldo gets pulled. So, this just... You know, United's kind of at the epicenter of... <laughs> of everything in the Premier League, as usual. Um, where do we even begin to dissect? Because, you know, that game on Saturday with Coutinho, there was other fact... I mean, the Ronaldo thing I was keeping an eye on, too, because it, it, he does not want to be there, which we'll, we'll, we'll sideline that, because Ronaldo. we know why Ronaldo doesn't want to be there. So it just comes down to Villa being like, well, you have all these guys, right? Is, are you willing to move one of those pieces to try to accommodate the fact that you may need three or four, and you're trying to trust – I mean, if they sell McGinn, right, uh, Villa, the same way they sold Grealish, right, same logic. You sell McGinn for $50, 60000000 and Coutinho fills in his role, that's a, a big ask of Philip Coutinho. However, if you're going to put Nakamba coming back from injury, possibly – in the future, and you think Nikamba is the guy, you have to build it around Nakamba, is, is it not? I mean, Carney, Chiqueza, if you want to keep these guys in, under contract and you want to keep them long term and you want to build something like Arsenal has done, like Leicester has done, like I'll give it, even say West Ham did it on the fly. West Ham went from borderline relegation, just like Villa, to top half of the table. Top in four clubs. right now. And both clubs. Are on a really similar trajectory. I think West Ham is a little further along because West Ham has Jared Bowen and Jared Bowen's a cheat code right now. But absolutely, that's a different side.
0: Bowen and Fornals uh, together in that attacking front are ridiculous. What they yes. the support they give uh, Antonio, unreal. Um, looking at Villa though, their midfield prospects. You have a Jacob Ramsey. You have Nakamba. uh Nakamba. I think you you throw Coutinho in there with that. With that line, in case you know, McGinn gets sold, that's great support, I think, for the attacking front. And let's, let's just say, let's just say they so happen to land one Luis Suarez. You're talking about Luis Suarez and Danny Ollie Ings. Watkins together in, in an attacking front,
1: and you still have Danny Yangs and Danny Yangs.
0: Just- that's, that's 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 that that three right there. That's fun. That's. I mean, that's Suarez can
1: play with a second striker too. I mean, it's not like Suarez and Benzema are a dying breed at the nine position because they can right. complement other strikers, right? Um And that's what made Suarez so special at Liverpool. Very much, just, actually, Firmino's kind of that same mold too. If you want to be honest, he oh just yeah, that, that
0: workhorse, they'll players. and they'll press. They know how to complement. I th- and I think Suarez, a young,
1: a young Lacazette was close. Young Lacazette. I think.
0: I think Suarez at Aston Villa will help take ollie watkins to the next level like you see the flashes i mean we saw ollie watkins at brentford phenomenal you know makes the move over to villa and he's four
1: had, against Liverpool.
0: right it, man that game was nuts i think three of those in the first half mm-hmm. but then you, you you see like the steep learning curve for him now in the prem and i think villa under dean smith made the the fatal flaw of just leaving Mm -hmm. him up as a solo nine. And he needs the support. He needs a supporting striker. He needs the ball. He needs it. So I I think putting a Suarez around him, having an an, an, uh, in that mix with him and Ings, I think will do wonders for him. And I think uh, Watkins also functions well in kind of this new school striker role that we see guys like uh, Achille and Mbappe playing where like they can float out and play the wing. Uh, as well as play the out-and-out nine.
1: Almost like they're playing the whole box.
0: The whole box, yeah. But they're
1: playing the width of the box, too. So they're playing, like, to the left side as opposed to the right winger where they're playing right to the right post to the sideline. It's kind of different now. Um, But Villa will play a little more narrow, I think, with Coutinho. So I think that's something that may advantage for Watkins as well. may get him better shots. It may take away his dribbles, which isn't a bad thing because I think, uh, like – you know, some players in the prem, Ollie Watkins doesn't need to dribble that much. I'm sorry. Sometimes he does I agree.
0: I agree. He he's give him he, give him a couple touches and and let him lose let fly. I, I think to, to I mean he's no Wilford Zaha. There it is. To compare him to a player who's on the other side of the on who's on the opposing team from Saturday's match, Fred. Fred, Fred after three dribbles is useless. Don't let him take any more than three dribbles.
1: I think it's because a lot of times Fred gets wants to get rid of the ball after the second dribble.
0: He, he does, and but his decision making—if you—if you watch a film of him, once he once he gets to that second or third dribble, once he's made up his mind of what he's gonna do, it's normally just a brilliant play. And we right. we've seen that come into play in the last three games. The last three games, Fred is is been a part of five men.
1: It's almost like we said from the very beginning, we started this podcast about the beginning of 2020. You put him in a counterattack style like Shakhtar Demensk when he was there. Exactly. He was perfect. Alex Teixeira would literally just take every single pass from him. And that's it. Now the thing with Fred is with uh, United's midfield. Now, of course the Pogba question is going to forever persist. We're not going to have that conversation for the 15th time, but, with United, if John McGinn were to play with Fred and Bruno Fernandez, you almost wouldn't have to play McTominay at defensive midfield. You'd probably be able to try okay. McTominay at center back, which means transitioning Harry Maguire out. Which that is, might be what Ragnik wants.
0: It's what we all want. Scott
1: plays McTominay want. at that the They center play back. him in a back three. They play Andy Robertson at center back too. Right. Sometimes
0: that's that's so, it. You mean, play him at times Robertson and I forget who the third guy awesome. is. There it is, Dawson. In awesome. that back three, and they look great together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not it's not far-fetched to see. Uh looking back real quick at that, that villa game, United looked pretty bland for most of the game. Outside of, I mean, Bruno had a double, yet a brace, and they were up 2-0, but they they did not look too high. Fred assisted on the second goal, a brilliant goal by by Bruno. Enter Coutinho in the 76th minute, and like you said, in a five minute stretch, this guy creates a goal and scores a goal. And the I game is like draw. Fernando
1: Torres in the 2010 World Cup. It's it, kind of impact. And I'm not even understating it. No, you're not. You're not. The energy was there. It the, was. The Villa players were like, okay.
0: The stadium was rocking. That yes, stadium was
1: rocking. And listen. And never mind. It was Luca Digne's debut, too. And that's Digne true. had a nice ball to, he did. to start that whole thing off. This, it, it's music to my ears. Just, you know. I always said for years, I go Lukadinia. You put him on a team that can attack, and you would get a you would get a totally different player. I mean, keep in mind Digne has been around since as long as Hazard has. I mean, he was on that same wheel right. team with Hazard yeah. that won the league on ten years ago. Uh, that's a that was a good wheel squad, by the way, better than so the wheel squad, squad right? that won last year. And that's yeah, a good
0: squad oh yeah. So so that that, yeah, uh, that match indicative of and you said this, you did say this about Coutinho, like free Coutinho. Get him in the right situation; he'll be okay.
1: I mean, he's not going to press. He's not going to no. press. He's not. No, gonna he's not going to do that.
0: But like, we we know what he's going to give you. Just let him do what he's going to do, and I think him being in Villa is the perfect situation. And I can't wait to see him he get a space to break start.
1: And I think they're going to give him the reign that they gave a Jack Relish. I think Gerard's going to let him role. be a Mazzala and just kind of do whatever. I mean, maybe not, as a, maybe not as an advanced playmaker at a 4-2-3-1, mm. even though yeah. we were thinking that before. I think Gerard's going to go full 4-3-3, three, three, just kind of have him as a Mazzala. He might even play all three midfielders aligned together, which um, Ollie tried that at United last year, and it failed miserably at United. But Villa have sure. Douglas Luiz. Right. He can sit back and perform. John McGinn can go chasing everybody. And then Coutinho can kind of play ahead of them a little tucked ahead. That's it. Where him Watkins and I mean if it, where you can have great link up play Trinari, with him, Watkins
0: if they bring Suarez on great ings, whatever. Uh
1: I'm happy for yeah. Aston
0: Villa because I mean,
1: four, four, they could play four four too if they wanted to. Yeah, they could. Yeah, Villa?
0: They, they, they could. They could. They they have the pieces. I'm happy for Villa because, like you said, them and West Ham. Very same trajectory. West Ham's just slightly ahead. Stevie G is going to what he brings uh, what i what I love watching is former players who were really good when they get into management, watching them bring their skill set to help improve the skill set of those players who play the the, the role they play. For example, uh, Jacob Ramsey, young midfield talent, quick, lightning quick, too quick for his own good. And you can see Stevie G's helping him slow down and start to see the game a little better. Uh, I think that's a, Manchester United. When Ollie came on, you saw a Mason Greenwood, an Anthony Martial, and a, a Marcus Rashford in one season all scored 20 plus goals. It, it happens. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is rumored to go to Everton. With, let's just, we'll slide over there for a quick that's a good second.
1: segue. You know, players
0: on the managers, yep. Everton has sacked Rafa Benitez, which is not we we've been saying this. We called it we called this. We called this months ago. When you see the formations and the, the lineups that this man was putting out, you could tell he 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 gave up months ago. I'd say easily three months ago. And then comes this past Saturday, and they're down 2-0 to Norwich.
1: The, and Norwich kicked their ass.
0: I mean, they, they did not let up. It was not pretty. Immediately, uh, the board calls an emergency meeting. They sack Rafa. It's now been said that Duncan Ferguson, club legend, is gonna be the caretaker manager, which is cool. I think it's great. But Wayne Rooney's being linked to take over at Everton, like long term.
1: Ooh, and you know what for Everton, and I'll say this right now, Go as for someone it. who has watched the championship. Wayne Rooney, and I said this on the podcast, I think three, uh, about a month ago in December, and I'll say it again. Wayne Rooney is having the best coaching job in the world right now at Derby County. Period. There's no fucking way they should be competitive.
0: 21-point deduction.
1: Transfer embargo. Nine players left on a free transfer, and they're still afloat. Literally? You you might as well have given them... It's like Marcelino at Valencia type. Coach. True. Coaching job. Okay, True. That's the that's only comparison I could even come close to.
0: This th- and Even Rooney, that, that doesn't
1: even come close. To. Rooney
0: shouldn't be doing this.
1: I, no. Personally, if Barnsley get relegated after losing the playoff the way they did last year because Darby decides to go off because the kids finally are getting the play. Darby's pulling an arsenal right now. They're letting Bird night. Let, yeah, let uh, the kids play. They're letting the kids play and the kids are saving Darby County. Let The, the fans young guns are play. literally like that's it. The fans are like, "Hey, how many more academy products can we play this year?" Right. I if we play so nine reason, guys this if, year under the age of twenty,
0: if Wayne takes the job at Everton, Everton is one of those teams. I'm not even going to put United in the conversation because that's just a whole other. If conversation. they hire the wrong
1: coach, they're going to get relegated. That's where Everton's at. Everton, right? that's where West Ham was after Pellegrini got canned.
0: There it is. Everton, Leicester, two teams that have way too much talent to be as bad as they are right now. I think Wayne Rooney, first of all, I don't like Andre Gomes playing in the midfield. I mean,
1: Lampard would be a good hire, too. For the same reason. Lampard's another
0: name that's been linked.
1: Lampard has an advantage. Right. Lampard has an advantage because he can deal with the big overpriced egos after being the Chelsea.
0: Right. He's he's dealt with that. keep in
1: mind, Everton could probably go grab. Everton could afford to bring John Stones back. Right. They can afford now. Obviously, they'd have to move some bodies around, of course. Machiri would have to, like, you know, schmooze some FFP people and maybe convince the EFL that, you know, maybe Everton not being relegated. You better pick
0: up uh, Man City's game plan. That's, that's,
1: (coughs) I mean, even Man City, some of their academy kids, like, they have. Eight or nine, like legit 18, 19 yeah. year old kids yeah. on contract this year. Yeah. And Everton can sign three or four of them and they would be back on track. Everton could go two ways with this. Now, they got 30 million for Denier. Mikolenko, the kid that they signed. Now, I know oh, Everton yeah. fans are a little bit depressed, but Mikolenko is going to be just as good as Denier in three or four years. Now, whether they want to believe that right now, they're not going to believe it right now. And you don't have to believe it right now, Toffee fans, but he's good. He's better than Zinchenko, okay? I can promise you that right okay. now. Zinchenko is good enough to play in the Premier League. Right. So there's that. Center back, I think you're going to have to figure out how to, who to build with Ben Godfrey with. I like um, Ben Godfrey. Right. And, I mean, Yuri Mina isn't reliable enough, and Michael Keane sucks. Yuri, go ahead and um, send Yuri
0: Mina to the MLS, and Michael Keane scored the own goal to set it all off against Norwich. That should tell you all you Keane, need to know.
1: it's like, but Keen, Michael Keane's at the point where he's like Gary Cahill, where it's like intelligently he's there, like his but head's his in the game, body, his body, but is his body's keeping hard. up
0: with them. No, it's not.
1: And he's thirty. Yeah. But I mean, he's had a quite a bit he's of injuries. Got, yeah, point.
0: and he's got mileage on him.
1: He got banged up, like he, Gary Cahill. I have did. this
0: question: banged up. Should they, should Everton, if, when they get a new permanent manager, look to sell Rasharlison and or yes. Dominic Calvin? Dominate oh, Calvert-Lewin. could have
1: already sold Calvert-Lewin, but Calvert-Lewin's value has fallen off really hard. I mean, yeah, was, they should have sold get- him after last yeah. season. Now, Richarlison is the one guy that if I try to keep, that's the guy I want to build it around. However- um,
0: Side note, scored a heck of a bicycle kick goal. Yes, he did.
1: Large. However, if you're Richarlison, Mbappe leaves PSG, Messi decides to void his contract, PSG are gonna be sitting in two hundred and twenty million dollar landmine. And you're telling me that Sala and Richarlison at um PSG isn't what PSG wants?
0: Salah Richarlison with a card. It doesn't
1: matter who they could put at number you nine. Put, they can put they can put they can bring Jesse back. They can they can bring like Sean Wright Phillips out of retirement. It doesn't matter who they put on number. Sean Wright nine. Phillips LOL. I mean they can bring anybody they want out of retirement. Yeah, they could. Okay. They could bring Pauletta back. Yeah. All they can. Yeah. Okay. There, someone's going to score goals there, and I think honestly, Moise Kean's already the number nine going forward at PSG. So I mean, there's not really much argument going on. Actually, he's at UVA. Moise Kean. He was at PSG last year, but I mean, that's the guy they should have kept was Moise Kean.
0: I 100% agree. I said this on the program. I was. I mean, Acardi
1: Acardi got them all fucked up, and I understand that. You know, they fell for Maro Acardi's wife was very convincing. <laughs> and now she's no longer his agent. By the way, I don't know if you read about that, but she's no longer his agent. So Maro no longer going to get any good deals. Um, but yeah, just it, it, it's 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 a crazy thing. I, uh, the the amount of money that's going to open up at PSG is going to op- is going to really. Um, set ablaze. And now another team in the Premier League with a lot of money to blow is Newcastle. They're in the opposite position of Everton. They
0: got that buy buyer money.
1: Yeah, Newcastle can spend up to apparently $200 to $300 million without breaching any financial fair play. And I think if they finish above where they were last year, they'll be able to spend another couple hundred million because they're just you have to constantly show improvement. That's pretty much what the FFB wants to prove. Um, so teams like Wolves, for example, That have spent a lot of money for a club of their stature. Right. Um, They've constantly improved. So they never had to worry about, hey, we paid 30 million for Jimenez. We paid 20 million for Neves. We paid 40 million for Fabio Silva. You know, they they they're about to pay 35 for Trincao. So. The Wolves are spending money the way they need to. I think it's people misunderstand the final financial fair play, which I'm against, by the way, because any type of salary cap. Brian is,
0: is, is anti salary cap. Just know that. Anytime you hear anything regarding a salary cap in any sport, Brian is anti salary cap.
1: It only hurts the players and the fans. The players and the fans are the ones that will lose out. I mean, with a salary cap sport, right? You build a team, right? The GM builds a great team, and the general manager who does his job correctly. Is told, while well, you done your job too good that now you can't keep the talent that you have. That's just why I think the NBA has at least a nice system with the bird years, right? Soccer at I like least, the bird you ears. can spend as much as you want. Now don't be Barcelona and and, and give everyone twenty million dollar a year contract.
0: On top of the on top like of PSG. the hundred, hundred, hundred ten million dollars you spend on their transfer fee, anyways.
1: Right. But at the same time, I, I would love to have allowed, I want to give those teams the chance to screw up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Let them screw up. That's it. They're not too big to fail. They're not. There it is. Sorry,
0: not too big to fail. So, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll, tell
1: Valencia. Ask we'll, Valencia. Yikes.
0: We'll we we'll, uh, we'll wrap up in the prem real quick and then hop on over to uh, um, to Afcon. But real quick in the in the prem. Actually, no. You just mentioned Barcelona.
1: Well, the Steven Berggren. Hold on, line, hold on. Right? No, you the, just the, mentioned Barcelona.
0: Two. I want to touch this real quick yes. before we go back to the Prem and then go to Afcon. Usman Dembele, it's come out. So first, he was saying that Barcelona threatened him that if he didn't make a decision, that they would sit him for the rest of the season, sit him for the next months of the summer. Which I, I definitely done with believe. Right. I, I I believe they would do it. Side note, Lash Mariba, Ballin and Afcon. Playing in a midfield with Nabi Keita for Guinea. That's crazy.
1: Hopefully, that momentum carries back because he had a tough adjustment to Germany.
0: He did. Uh, But it's not come out that, well, Chavi's saying Dembele's manager told, uh, agent told us that he's leaving. Dembele told me behind closed doors he wants to stay. This sounds all fishy to me. All in all, Brian, it sounds like a lot of gamesmanship and politicking. It looks like Barcelona is going to sell him, and of course, they're going to take an L on financially in selling. I mean, him.
1: no matter what they did, no matter even what if they, they sold did. him two years ago, they weren't going to get more than fifty.
0: Where's his best landing place? I'm saying it right now. Don't send him to. Do not send him to Manchester. If Manchester United buys this man, I might have to just cease from what. No, I take the, the only way. Manchester United to- will not hurt me in 2022. I say he goes yeah. to Germany. I'm just going to say it now. Send him to Germany.
1: I would say if Leipzig were a, in a better position, put it this way. If more teams had money to buy Christopher and Kuku, I think Dembele to Leipzig makes a lot of sense.
0: Someone needs, someone's um, going to buy in Cuckoo.
1: If well, not, not, during the be... summer.
0: It'll be during the summer for sure.
1: Yeah, I can't see Wolfsburg um, doing that because they're freaking in their own relegation scrap. I, I don't see Newcastle being a fit. For Dembele, because of same Maximum, they kind of play the same position, kind of the same player. Right. Um, a team that I actually would love to see Dembele play for. He'll never happen. Um, I want to see him at Juve because I need Juve to just admit that they need to move on from Bernadeschi and Kolasavsky and put in Dembele opposite of Chiesa. And I think for... Dembélé's pace and I mean Juve's medical staff has been fantastic for a lot of the players I've been there. I mean they're Correct. old for a reason. They're old and good.
0: Okay,
1: old we're looking and good, at you. Yeah, I mean Chiellini and Bonici in particular. So like you know Juve's medical staff is up to par. Another fit I mean PSG has been linked with Dembélé in the past. Um I would like to see him play with Shakiri selfishly opposite of at Leon. That would be fun for me. Uh, that would make uh, Leon games much, much more appealing. Oh, yeah. For the first time since Dubai left. But, I mean, I don't know really where he would go. I mean, Atletico Madrid's not a fit because, I mean, that just sounds like Tomas Lamar all over again. Yep. Um, and never mind the fact they just they already have so many wing players anyway. And Simeone doesn't really want to widen the pitch. Uh, Valencia have no cash. Sevilla already just signed Jose Jesus Corona. They're all right. set. And even after I they sell see, Diego
0: Carlos, they're still going to have enough.
1: There are two clubs that I can throw off the off the burner here. Uh, one is West Ham. West Ham have cash to burn. If there's any club in the Prem that can do it, it's West Ham. Whether Dembele's right. West Ham just got West blocked, Ham. Didn't they? That was Southampton. Southampton, okay. West Ham are still in flux uh, they're looking oh, for an right. investment group. So what West Ham, yeah. do have money to play with. Plus David Gold and David Sullivan haven't spent enormously since David Moyes got hired. So um, there's that. I think the next fit would be Benfica. Interesting. Now Benfica have been known to kind of take guys on second chances, trying to revive their career. Um, and especially with the new, they have a new coaching staff there and a new coaching staff may want to make a statement signing to kind of, give the fans kind of a little bit of comfort that Sporting or Porto are not going to beat them again. <laughs> so Benfica are in a really tough position. Rafa's having a hell of a season. I think yeah. Rafa would make Dembele look great. Um, and then obviously Darwin Nunez is there. So, I mean, if you're Barcelona, you're going to want to keep Darwin Nunez tabs, right? So you're going to want to do business with Benfica on a good faith anyway. And plus, it may it may help the fact that, hey, not a lot of players from La Liga go to Liga Nos. So maybe this is a good way for the leagues to do better business. I'm mm. hoping selfishly. So sure. Yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, I mean, again, I don't know wh- how much money Benfica actually has because they're involved in a huge embezzlement case as well.
0: That's right. So.
1: That's a whole different mess.
0: <sighs> this, this. But Diego
1: Carlos, though, Diego Carlos should be very careful as well. Like Dembele, oh, yeah. Yeah. don't go to a team that's going to get relegated.
0: Yeah. Did some some shenanigans in Newcastle, like we mentioned on the last episode, basically making moves in some respects a lot of Chris Wood signing just to get out of relegation. Dembele, I think whatever club he goes to, well, this whole debacle with him at Barcelona, I do believe Barcelona messed this up from the jump. They shouldn't have never bought the guy. However, he hasn't handled this well either. And as he's shown we can throw others like an Eden Hazard in this category as well. Players who were paid an exorbitant transfer fee, Paul Pogba looking at you as well, and have done nothing to justify the fee that was paid for them. So Dembele, I think with this whole debacle that's gone on with him, especially over the past like three or four months, I think this ruined his transfer stock. Once again, like I said, maybe a club in Germany.
1: Um, I mean, if he leaves on a free transfer in six months, uh, I mean, he could go almost anywhere. Barcelona
0: won't let it happen, though.
1: Any of the Premier League clubs can afford him. because All right, put it this way right now. If Bournemouth gets promoted right, as a way to go. That's what's going to happen, yeah. Let's just say Fulham are the second team because Mitrovic is just, Full, you know, Yeah, he's
0: balling out of his mind. For the
1: championship. Yeah. And then we'll say the third team. I want to say selfishly that it's going to, let's just say any mystery third team. It doesn't really matter who the third team is. Okay. 19 of uh, Premier League teams can afford Dembele salary next year. So there's 19 teams right there there you go now the the 20th team will be probably the little lowy team that wins the playoff mm-hmm. in the championship they're, they're gonna they're gonna miss out horribly, horribly. now you have what about Leeds?
0: 16- I'm sorry, that was just total spaz. Actually,
1: Leeds would be fantastic, but I think Bielsa would literally run Dembele down.
0: Into the ground, absolutely. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> absolutely.
1: What plus, I mean, with Daniel with Daniel James there, plus, you know what's crazy? The Leeds is rumored at Patrick Roberts, who oh, wow. is, was Manchester City's wonder kid with Celtic. And Celtic right, can also went right. from Patrick Roberts as well. So if Leeds get him, they're not going to need Dembele. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, he's better because that's that's ludicrous. Right. But, you know, I mean, for Leeds, that might be better. And plus, with England, you need to have a certain amount of homegrown players on right. the roster for the FA Cup. Right. So there's that, too. And Daniel James, the Welshman that they signed for 30 million this offseason. Um, Patrick Bamford and Rodrigo are still there. And both of them can play out wide. if you need
0: Jack to. Harrison just had so, a hat trick.
1: Jack Harrison. You know what? Maybe you should figure out how to get a U.S. passport, Jack. Because you would play for the United States men's team.
0: I'm just saying. Please, I would
1: take him in a heart. Please, point. I would take him in a heart. I'd point. love it. Hey, an FM, it's possible. Brent Ben Ben Brierton Diaz plays for Chile now, that's thanks crazy. to Football Manager. That's crazy. Okay, that's why I want Blackburn in the Premier League. I'm with you. We had this chat off. Yeah, line. we did. I need Blackburn. I want Blackburn back
0: in the pr- in the. So prem. we
1: can see Ben Diaz in the Prem. Actually, Newcastle should have signed Ben Diaz before Chris Wood.
0: Chitty chitty bang bang. I am So, uh, Dembele. Okay. Speaking of goals. Now, yeah. Let's get down to business. Like I mentioned. Manchester United won today. That was one game. The second game, though, Tottenham versus Leicester. Leicester owned this game for a good chunk of it. It was back and forth. Leicester scored one. Tottenham scored. Leicester went up again off a James Madison goal. Oh, my goodness. A James Madison siding. Tottenham ties it up again. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, my brain's hurting.
1: Yeah. No. Tottenham no, was down. No. One. No. Tottenham
0: was down one. That's what it was.
1: And to stop yeah, it. So Mad- yeah. So James Madison. Yeah. So James Madison
0: scores card. the go-ahead goal. Yep. Enter Steven Bergvine. Scores a goal. There's yellow. five minutes of stoppage time. Scores a goal in the 94th minute. So there's only a minute left of stoppage time. Okay. Lester kicks the ball off, advances into the attacking third. Tottenham's midfield intercepts the ball, pass to Harry Kane. Harry Kane turns around, looks up, plays a beautiful through ball. Bergvine does what Brian, you and I have been dying to see him do, but he can't ever do because he's always on the bench, outpaces three defenders and chips the keeper for a goal on the last play of the game, the last kick of the game. Brian.
1: I was cr- I was literally almost in tears. <laughs> and I'm not even a Spurs fan. It was an emotional moment yes. for me. Because you know what? I have defended Steven Bergvine for the past eight, nine months on Twitter, and I get clowned on Twitter right. for defending Steven Bergvine. But now – the Bergvino has arrived.
0: <laughs> there it is. Bergvino is here. We we have we have been Bergvino stands on this program since day one. I I for the and life Ajax, of me, yes. For
1: the life. Ajax of me. made a 19 million euro offer this week and got rejected because Antonio Conte goes. If I'm going to sell him, I'm not selling him for that. Antonio. So Conte, Conte. knows he's good. Conte knows so that's good. I, I, I'm already. A fan I'll of, give him that. I'm already a fan of Conte on that front because Mourinho pissed me off when he would bench. Me. Bergwein,
0: I mean like, and not Berg just bench him like buried him in the abyss
1: I would have think I would have thought hey you know he can make him like a nani that was what I was thinking like originally I'm like you know kind of could be a nani like early Manchester United not the 90 after Ronaldo left cuz right. that's that's, that's yeah. that, I, I'm not I'm not going to put that expectation on him Yeah. but a lot of the same things can be done now with son and kane you can go a bunch of different ways you can go with three. We could go with three straight forwards. You can play Son as a straight wing and have kind of Harry Kane as a false nine ish, which is kind of what they did towards the end of the game because Harry is just that good. Right. Um, and everyone's like worried about Harry Kane scoring goals. I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd rather see him drop dimes like that.
0: Which is what I he mean, did. He, 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 did a, he did a great yeah. job of last season. Quiet is kept. People don't talk a lot about it. it, mm-hmm. it the two strikers who I think did a fabulous job last season just across Europe of both scoring goals and dropping dimes Kareem Benzema and Harry Kane the relationship and partnership between Kane and Son beautiful i think that i think the the stats showed that Kane assisted on something like 80% of Son's goals bananas steven yeah. Bergvine. steven Berg-Vine for me i think best comparison is and Adama Traore, like, built the same pacey just like him, but a better finisher,
1: way better finisher, way
0: better finisher. traore
1: has got an extra gear,
0: yeah, too, that's true. So yeah, little, yeah, a little
1: bit of that too. Yeah,
0: Traore's um, built like
1: now. If you want to put the two of them together, Traore and Bergvine could equal odds on Edward. There, Edouard it is. does a lot of the things that those two guys do. And, and,
0: if, if you want to, if you, you folks want to get a picture of what that looked like from Edward, check his first, game, his first game. For Crystal Palace, subs on, and does what Bergvine just did. Scores two goals in the blink of an eye. to Or put if you want to watch Palace those again.
1: French under-21s oh, from yeah. the summer ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do do Yeah, it. the game do France
1: and Spain for Ron Torres and Hedward put on a show.
0: Brian, just, you, you, here's my question then. Are we going to see more Bergvino Or will Conte continue to... Uh, kind of just let him middle about.
1: Now, Conte let Gil, uh, Brian Gill play. So I, mean, I, was I, he, I was happy to see.
0: I was happy to see. is
1: fantastic. I mean, that, that's a Conte youngster, though. I mean, if anyone, if as any wonder kid in Europe that you would want to play in a Conte system, Brian Gill would be one of those. And he'd be one of the 10 guys on the short list for me. Yeah. Now, Berge, I think if they can't get a second striker for Harry Kane this window, Berge's going to play anyway. So... There's that front because, I mean, he's someone that is capable of covering that front. And Lucas Mora, too. I mean, Lucas Mora might be the only obstacle in which he's playing well enough to not be benched right now. Yeah. That's the only obstacle for Bergvine to break into the lineup. And I'll be honest, Lucas Moore is playing better than him right now. Uh, true. Outside of today. True. I mean, but, I, but Bergvine
0: I think what I'd like to see, I think Bergvine, Berg-Vine for the time being, especially with Lucas Mora. they you know, being- want
1: Son Mora as a 10 and play Kane and Berge as two strikers.
0: Which is an be, interest? Easy. that's an it's interesting Conte, thought. Conte has done
1: that before, did not he? Yeah,
0: it? it's an interesting thought. With Lucas Moore's current form, Bergvine, I think, makes an amazing super sub. Throw that man in, though, in the 60th minute. Don't throw him in in the 80th, 85th minute. Don't throw him in Yeah, soon. that was too that's, late. I mean, that's, imagine that's I like,
1: see. imagine how that game could have been. I mean, Conte would have been able to make – another thing too, like Conte made Eric Dyer look – more than serviceable. Like Eric Dyer's actually living up to the hype.
0: And Eric Dyer's no longer a joke for us.
1: Oh, he's no longer I mean that line. red card he had in October is still laughable because that was that was something. But yeah, just like Eric Dyer's playing better, Harry Winks is starting to play a little bit more as well. Uh actually Harry Winks is gonna be out the door. Oliver Skip is there the one that playing a lot. Yeah. I always get them to mixed yeah, up. Same. So
0: no, it's it's Skip who's been playing a lot more. Skip and hojberg they're they're looking great in that midfield. Um, uh, Conte is running, uh, is running five at the back with, uh, Reguilon outside on the, on the wing. It's, it's Conte starting to do his thing. And, and if you don't know, if folks, if you don't know anything about Antonio Conte, know this, uh, when he, he has a plan in mind, he's, he's a coach with a plan and he's going to put all his chips on the table and let, you know, let management know, let the board know. This is what I'm doing. Not, 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 not to, inf- not to, uh, ask for permission. He's more so just informing you. This is what I'm going to do, and you're going to open up the purse strings to do it.
1: And you know what? Everyone's saying he's a he's a he's a gypsy or a nomad. I'm like, the dude spent 11 years at Juve. Did he not?
0: Exactly. Don't don't. I do mean, that like, to okay.
1: Him. If Juve if Juve didn't pork him around, if Peritici didn't get like completely like you know Marcel branded by Juventus in the middle of the 2010s, we're talking about Juve possibly having Conte for the last six years. As opposed to, you know, the revolving door of Allegri Crazy. and whatever the hell they're putting in there with Allegri again. Like, Juve are stagnant because they decided to move on from Conte. And keep in mind, that was after Conte, uh, uh, Conte stole Pirlo from AC Milan. So that that's, let's just point that out there as well. Because Juve had to jump into and AC Milan what, with Conte as the manager after that whole scandal that they had. And they still came back. So that just that just tells you how good of a coach Conte is. He is a guy that can build it for the long haul. And he's someone that likes having younger players because with his style, he needs guys that are gonna go balls to the wall. It's like I mean, not like Bielsa. He's Bielsa to a lesser degree, I think, when it comes to intensity.
0: Yeah, Bielsa is mean, different.
1: Conte's burned teams out. Conte has completely burned teams out in the past. So
0: But Conte has also given his players uh sex tips. To make sure they preserve their energy so and content, let me tell
1: you he was a good player in his day so he the was. player should take it yeah <laughs>
0: i can't i can't i can't argue with that you know the man's never mind uh so i, I think as we wrap out brian let's let's head on over to afcon uh the group stage wraps up well you the date you guys are listening to us on a thursday so the group stage wraps up today but as it stands before the the final games of the group stage are played We'll just run through it. Group A, it's looking like Cameroon and Burkina Faso are going to go ahead and be the two teams to make it out of Group A. Cameroon comes away with seven points, two, two, two wins and a draw. Uh, Cam- and, and here's here's the theme throughout this group stage of AFCON. The teams that were supposed to be the powerhouses outside of Nigeria, the rest have looked rather unimpressive. Cameroon, when I look at their matches, barely scraped by Burkino Faso. Ethiopia, they clowned in, in, in the second half of that, that match they had. And then they tied Cape Verde. Uh, so that's group A. Group B. Group B intriguing. Uh, it ended up being more competitive than I thought it would be. Uh, largely because Senegal, who's supposed to be the powerhouse in that group. Brian, Senegal. A team
1: scoring one goal,
0: one goal in three group stage games, one Brian,
1: goal.
0: three, the, the Malawi game unacceptable. The only game that I could accept them not scoring in is the, the Guinea game. Guinea, like I mentioned that lineup, particularly in their midfield solid. You're looking at Nabi Keita, Diawara, Amadou Diawara and Elash Mariba. Do you think that
1: national team's good now? Wait till the next Afcon tournament when they get some of the other freaking, you know, uh, French and German and Portuguese nationality right. players to go down there and right. go back. Cause, because because Mariba's
0: going to be the, the once I think them seeing Mariba's success in that space. I think is inspiring. Uh, mm-hmm. Senegal, Zimbabwe—that was the first, you know, first match of the tournament for them. Uh, they barely escaped with a a, a win on a ninety seventh minute penalty by Sadio Mane. Brian, here's what's frustrating to me about Senegal. I'm just gonna, I'm just, you know, just gonna read off some players they got in the lineup. Really? Okay, starting in in, in goal, they have one, Edward Mendy. I don't know if you've heard that name before, Brian. Uh, hey, he
1: might be the best goalkeeper on the planet right now.
0: They're they're uh not their captain, Kulabali, yeah, Kulabali and Bunasar playing on the same side as Kulabali in the back line in the midfield. We have Adrisa Gaye, Cheeku Kiata, and another Mendy. And on the front line, Brian, we have, I don't know, their captain, Sadio Mane. I Brian. I don't understand how a team with that, with those players scores one goal in three matches in a group that we, that we can't even consider the group of death, not even close.
1: Right. I mean, I don't know. We see this happen and we, we saw this happen in the Euro too last year where like some of the big time countries that like, sometimes it just really is like the way they play. Senegal really aren't a team that, are going to dominate possession. They're better on the break, right? Right. And Guinea wasn't going to let them counterattack. That, no, that was not
0: going to. The, no, that that now, midfield was a lock.
1: And Malawi really played very structured and organized to their credit. So I mean, again, and even then, I mean, look at even in Group A too. I mean, Cape Verde didn't really like. They kind of played very like, you know, very very you know um, defensive, and they were able to hold not just um, Cameroon, but they were able to hold Burkina Faso to one goal to mill. So, I mean, some of the teams that are like, you know, they don't they don't have a lot of depth, but they have a lot of pace. We're just able to, you know, keep up with everything else, and a lot of times, you know, you get someone like Sadio Mane, a lot of his best goals are coming off counterattacks. True. And, I mean, hey, not every time. He's not going to get the Fabinho and, and Jordan Henderson and Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Crosses. That's not what he's going to get center Senegal. True. But, I mean, Sadio Mane is also too short, in my opinion, to really be a serviceable number nine. Like he's like five seven, so like he's five seven, like even with his tippy toes. Up. Right. No offense, to Sadio Saudi even so. with his
0: like hair puffed up, you know they they and and that was the other thing I, I think I mentioned I mean, this last pieces, week.
1: Senegal looks so dry, clustered in set yeah, pieces. Dry. You you I mean, have Kolobali too much. Can score on corners. Yes. we've seen him
0: doing a Naples. He's uh he may not be a chrome dome, but he the dude's got a head he's on not him. Kurtzuma, no. Yeah, he's no curzuma, but he's still got a head on him. When I look at, uh, when I look at, I think it was Egypt. Egypt as well, right? These teams, we mentioned this in 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 this tournament. You've seen teams play players out of position, and maybe it's to fill the needs of the team, but you see the repercussions of that. You see in Egypt, uh, we'll get to them in a in a moment. In a couple groups, they managed to sneak out second place in their group, but Mo Salah wasn't out here looking like King Mo. He looked like, you know. Prince almost popper mo, but they play, they they try to play him at a nine. He's better off as a wing. So well let, let's move along. Group C. Morocco wins that group. They they won two games and had two two wins and a draw. Uh Gabon without Yang, manages to come in second place in the group. And they'll advance to the knockout stage. Morocco. Second highest scoring team in the group stage. They, they came away with five goals in the group stage, uh, including a, a, a thrilling 2-2 tie against Gabon. Uh, Ashraf Hakimi, I think, scored in, in two out of the three games. Some folks say he's the best right back on the planet. Kind of doing a good job proving it. Uh, however, we, we also must talk, we mentioned this, the Comoros Islands came away with the upset of the tournament. Beating Ghana three two in the final game of the group stage, Brian. I, I'm not going to say I was overjoyed, Brian. I was freaking ecstatic, man. All that talk that Ghana does, gear in and gear out. I'm here to just, just, actually. I'll save my comments when I talk about the groups that Nigeria. I'm sure every
1: Team USA supporter was rooting for Ghana.
0: Was o- was <laughs> thrilled, thrilled. Ghana had a had had a red card in the twenty fifth minute by one of Is the. Michael many Essien high years. gonna
1: come coach now.
0: Michael Is Essien might Essien as well. Hey, go and bring him. Bring 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 Michael Essien out out out, out the uh, out from hiding and let him let him coach. They need it. The Black Stars need it right now. They need some inspiration. This was a poor showing. Also, like I mentioned earlier, Cameroon, you're the you you are the host country, and barely barely escaped through your group. If Burkina, that wasn't a good group. Right. If Burkina Faso wins their game, you guys are out, Cameroon. It's crazy. Let's move along to what many deemed would be possibly the group of death. Although I think the group after this really turned out to be the group of death. Nigeria, Group D, Nigeria comes away, like I mentioned earlier. Nine points out of three games. Three win, three games, three wins. Final game of the group stage for them against Guinea-Bissau. Coach made eight changes. Only players who started from the previous matches, Truce de Kong, Kalichi Anacho, and Wilfred Ndidi. Eight changes. Didn't even have to, I'm sorry, brought on Moses Simon in the second half. Outside of that, though, didn't have to bring on any. Any other starters, they come away with a 2-0 two, two nil win over Guinea-Bissau. I'll say this about Nigeria. I watched two and a half of their games. Nigeria looked organized. Uh, you and I were talking about this offline, Brian. It, on the one hand, it's exciting to see them look dominant in three matches. and But there's always that feeling of, oh man, are they going to choke? Uh, commentators during the game today brought up how you look at, at World Cup 94. Nigeria was five minutes away from beating Italy in 94. Italy with the Baggio brothers. And then Roberto Baggio came through and did what he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Na- then you go to the I next... I mean,
1: the Netherlands in the 2008 Euros there it is. were just as efficient as this Nigeria team right now, mm-hmm. especially defensively, because yeah. that's where Nigeria had a lot more question marks. Right. Nobody had questions about the attack. Even with Osaman out, it was the defense mm-hmm. and the defense and held has answered the call. They've held up. But again, for Nigeria, I feel like um, them right now. They're playing as good as anybody in this tournament right now. Yeah. Um, being in a group with Egypt and and coming out and winning that game, huge. Even if it's one nothing, huge. I mean, uh, yeah, you have the Ivory Coast. There, I mean, they, they look they don't look so hot. And then I mean, Mali. Even Mali didn't look like you know. I mean, they're good enough. We know Mali is good enough. On we know paper, Ivory Coast Mali's is
0: good enough. good enough on paper. Ivory Coast is good enough, but
1: Nigeria have obviously come with the results. But in knockout g- fashion, maybe the, those games at Ivory Coast and 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 Mali and Cameroon that they put themselves through are more prepared for the knockout rounds than say a Nigeria is, where they cruised.
0: That's true. That's true. So
1: maybe there's that too.
0: It could be. The only thing that gives me hope is as I've I've watched Nigeria over the past year or two, getting rid of Gernot Rohr. Great move. This team seems more organized and focused and together than they have over the past year. I I remember watching them in the qualifiers for AFCON. Okay, let's go back to the qualifiers. Watching them lose a match at the death 1-0 to the Central African Republic.
1: When I I remember hearing about this. Brian, I,
0: I almost punched my TV. There are very few times in life where I've watched a sporting event and wanted to punch my television. That was one of those moments.
1: Wouldn't that be the equivalent? Wouldn't that be the equivalent of like Germany losing to? Oh yeah, North Macedonia, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much. It's the same thing. Though. No, it's
0: it's the same thing, and it, it was it like watching it. Even the commentators were flabbergasted that Nigeria lost that match. I thought after losing that match, they should have got rid of Gernot Rohr. They gave him still a couple of a couple more chances. Group E. I
1: mean, yeah. Group, group E is, is
0: what I would deem the group of death uh, going into the final match day, which is today. Ivory Coast has four points at number one. Equatorial Guinea has three points at number two. Sierra Sierra Leone two points. Algeria, three points. Who's playing who? Ivory Coast plays Algeria. Re- folks, this is a very real situation. There's a very, there could be real way a four-way tie. There's a oh, real possibility shit. of a four-way tie. Algeria, if Algeria beats Ivory Coast, that automatically propels them. Equatorial Guinea and Sierra Leone. If they come away with a draw, Equatorial Guinea. Algeria and Ivory Coast will all advance. And there's a real possibility that Sierra Leone could advance because the top two teams qualify and then the next four third, I'm sorry, the next, the next four third place teams advance as well. So there's a possibility that all of Group E could advance tomorrow.
1: Now, if Algeria beats Ivory Coast, that would be the ultimate like, Bracket Buster. Ultimate. I'm just I just I, I need to see that just to bracket bust. I mean, um if Ivory Coast gets a draw, then this become and then the Equatorial Guinea Sierra Leone game, the last ten minutes of that game becomes rather entertaining. Um
0: which I'm here for. I'd love it. I mean you'll left. Ivory see Coast
1: it. Algeria, I mean, if there is ever a box office matchup in the Cup of Nations, this is as close this to the one, one as you're gonna get.
0: Yeah. I mean
1: that's like a final. Riyad
0: Mahrez, I, I want to see Riyad Mahrez show out in that game. And we talked about them last week. Ivory Coast team. Once again, I just mentioned who guys on their on their line. You look at Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast is are, they're no slouches either. You have Eric Bae and Serge Aurier. Speak of a, a former a former uh, Tottenham man. You have this midfield. I love their midfield. Ibrahim Zangari. Frank Kessie. John Michael, sorry, and then up top, Brian, Wilfred Zaha, Sebastian Allaire, and Nicholas Pepe. If there were ever, if there was ever, just a line that you look at in Africa, in, in in Afcon, of any of these teams, this might be the most solid front line. Well, most dangerous, I think, front line, only because Nigeria is missing Victor Osimen. If Victor Oseman's playing, it's Nigeria, hands down. Victor Oseman, Samuel Chukwueze, and Ke- uh, Kelechi Inacho, I-, I don't feel like anyone's touching that.
1: No. Ivory Coast? I mean, especially Inacho as like a left inside forward and, with Osaman, that makes it even better. That's sick.
0: Ivory Coast, I need to see them do what they need to do. This right and here. And another team. Go ahead.
1: And then another team that needs to step up, and, and in Group F as well. Group F looks pretty similar with those top groups. teams Group F is as well. similar. Very the, similar only, the,
0: the only thing in Group F is – uh or Mauritania. Yeah, it's Mauritania. If, well, if Mauritania wins, once again, it's a similar situation. Oh, no, they're
1: out already. They're eliminated because they? they don't have any um, –
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. They don't
1: have any tiebreakers. Right. Yeah, the they Tartu have
0: team. no tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. and in their, in their goal differential is – ridiculous minus five goal differential. But Mali, once again, another team that you look at and you think, well, oh, you guys should be crushing this tournament. Not happening. You have a Kuyate in the back. You have a uh, semi Idara. I mean, Amadou Diarra playing in the middle. You have Ibrahim Koné and ah, uh, our guy Musa Janepo, another guy we stand on this program. Brian, what is it? We stand wings. I, I don't know. We, we just love wings. And 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 I mean, wings that somehow get played as fullback. That's it. Blows my mind how this happens. But Group F, once again, another group that's going going to be interesting coming down to I mean, the I'll last be honest. day.
1: Tunisia looks deadly. Tunisia
0: looks deadly. And here's what I want to see. Here's Honestly, this is what I want to see for Tunisia. I want to see Tunisia go far because, as a Manchester United fan, I want to see Hannibal Meshbury. I want to see the kid play. I think he's a great young talent. Today, just just flashback real quick to United's game. United has played an academy product in the starting lineup every in a game, in every game since
1: 1937, Brian. Damn. Neville Chamberlain was the prime minister of England.
0: Right. I mean, this is, this is pre-Mr. Churchill, right? Yeah. Today's match, all three goals were scored by Academy Products. You have an Anthony Alonga, Mason Greenwood, and Marcus Rashford. All three of them, Academy Products. For all of the flack that United takes about buying players and them ended up being bust, what you can say about United for sure is some of their best talent, has come from the academy, hands down. Folks talk about, the was that, the class of 95 with Beckham and the, the Neville brothers. Uh, United produces great academy products. Hannibal Mejbri, I hope the kid, well, he's not an academy product, but I hope the kid does well. There's, he, there, a lot of folks are saying he he could be either a great box-to-box guy or CDM. Tanisha's experimented with him playing uh, as a wing. The kid's got great potential. I from what I've seen, great creativity they, and great. They're throwing fishing.
1: him as if like pretty much like Valencia's done with Musa. They're just there putting him in a position and letting him play.
0: Letting him play. And Musa, Musa's shown out. Oh, hopefully he shows out for the US national team. Brian, who is your as so we, we wrap up this episode, looking at, at this this Africa Cup of Nations coming out of the group stage, who is your favorite to win? Who is your dark horse to win? And who's been your biggest disappointment?
1: I think big disappointment would have to be Ghana. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? I think the biggest surprise, I mean, maybe not Tunisia. I think that's a little, that's selling them short a little. I think maybe Gabon without Aubameyang might be the surprise of the tournament for me. Um, I mean, Comoros getting a win the way that they did is, is shocking. Don't get me wrong. That was fantastic. But um you know, as far as that goes, I mean, Sierra Leone have potential to be the Darwins of the tournament as well. But I think everything Gabon has accomplished, they already sealed They sealed the deal to the round of 16. So they're good to go. And now they're just waiting for an opponent. So, again, I think Nigeria have been so far the best team. But we'll see. Because you know what? Just like the Dutch teams that have been great in the group stage, they get to the elimination Disappear. round. If up. Disappear. Disappear. Yeah. And a lot of players on that Nigeria team do have a history of the being very spotty in big games. Right. Also.
0: Right. Hey, Joe Rebo, I need you and Wilfred and Didi to own the midfield in this next match. Ah, uh, who favorites for sure? Nigeria. If I said anything else, they're going to get all
1: the attention. They're
0: sure. going to get all of it now. Now all the pressure is officially on them. Fun fact: I, I, I heard this. Especially said, the hearing.
1: British media, because the British media treat Nigeria. As if it's like their own talent. That's it. In in a way. It's it's, it's really odd. Well,
0: well, Brian, I mean, they have a lot of Nigeria's talent on their national team as well.
1: Oh, I agree with that. But I mean, that's not the reason that they're talking about Nigeria. No, no, it's
0: not. It's not. (laughs) Brian, I just have to bring up the what if conversation again. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. Bukaya Sako right now on Nigeria's national team? I know.
1: And, and and a few other guys like if Nigeria has like just five other, other English, players there's there's
0: there's a good five of them. Ross Barkley. Right? Mean,
1: Nigeria need to pull like a Jamaica and just start like poaching players.
0: That's I, I wholeheartedly agree. M- would be the most untouchable uh, team in Africa. So Nigeria obviously five guys,
1: just five guys every year. Five. You know
0: that's it. And there's there's more than enough talent to make that happen. So Nigeria, of course, the 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 favorite. Um, bye Ghana. Bye bye. Uh, I I wouldn't quite call them uh my biggest disappointment, but bye bye Ghana, your Jalef, I mean, Ivory
1: Coast for the amount of talent that they have, Ivory Coast might be in there. Dominated. Your Jalo
0: rice ain't better than ours. Your music ain't better than ours, Ghana, and your soccer team is not better than ours. So bye. Um, I would say. Side note,
1: mm-hmm. kind of as a two, closing, two talk two, here,
0: two right? fun facts. Number one, Guinea's president. Told the team if they did not win the tournament that they would have to pay back the six million dollars that the country invested into the team. The look on Brian's face right now, folks, if you could see it, that's why the guys stay in Europe that for that reason. It was it's literally for that reason. What, why, an African super league, that's some imperialist nonsense. Right? It is an African super that's league exactly could happen. Ways. It could happen, but then stuff like that goes on, and it's like, players are like, why would I want to play in my home Pretty country? Pretty
1: soon, Guinea is going to be getting Guinea Bissau's left on with that mentality. That part. Okay.
0: Other fun fact, apparently Nigeria's highest ranking ever in the FIFA World Rankings was 5th place after oh, yeah, that 94, 94 World Cup. Yeah, Yeah. That but sense. that was a crazy run. From 94 to like 2000, Nigeria was just off the wall. I mean, they won that 96 Olympics against Argentina. They won that gold medal. I mean... Crazy. Uh, I would say well, – A
1: final, final Nigerian thought here. Um, go ahead. Sammy Kalu finally got out of Bordeaux.
0: Hey. Took him long enough. Hey. About time. Insert LeBron James He's
1: off to Watford, so he's going to go play with his boy Emmanuel Dennis. Dennis.
0: That's the other player that – if Emmanuel Dennis had been in this this tournament.
1: Watford, I can understand Watford not letting him go, but I mean still. It's, yeah, it's the, BS. I
0: blame the board. Claudio Ranieri wanted him to play, but the board was like, no. So he, I mean that I'm not gonna say more than makes up for, but you have him on a front. Love we'll me
1: some Emmanuel Dennis. Yeah,
0: Emmanuel Dennis. Same. I can go for him all day. Him with Kalichi and Nacho, and 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 Dennis is one of those strikers who has that ability to kind of he can play off the ball. He can he can play second fiddle, or he can be the out and out nine. I would say Cinderella. I would have to go with Sierra Leone. I would have to, their okay. goalkeeper is gonna can, can take diamonds off forever.
1: Should be their slogan. They right should now. be. They diamonds should play
0: that forever. every time they walk out. The remix with Jay's
1: verse, by the way. not no just a Kanye. But no, Jay's, Jay's verse. On that remix.
0: Hold up, I got it from here. Yay! Woo.
1: Damn, man. Side so note. I mean, that's I'm I'm I'd be rooting for them just for that, just for that. And that's the song they got to play when they win it.
0: That listen, if they play that I can't even be mad. I might have to wear a Sierra Leone flag. Shout out to to one of our SSAW family, uh Lacite over at Ringside Mayhem. He's a he's a native Sierra Leonean. Uh Antonio Rudiger is actually from Sierra Leone.
1: Mhm.
0: He would captain the team if he was there.
1: Yeah. Well, he moved to Germany when he was young. Right, So, that'd right. Be calm.
0: So, so this the, the the knockout stage of Afcon. It's going to be fun to watch, folks. If if you don't want to be bothered with the letdown that's going to happen in this January transfer window, because I don't see any major fireworks moves happening, I think Coutinho might have been like probably the biggest, the move biggest one. Yeah.
1: It's going to be the biggest one.
0: January windows just don't produce much. It is what it is.
1: Outside of that, Bruno move.
0: Ah yes,
1: that was like premed. That seemed like that was it was premeditated, though.
0: You, yeah, that was premeditated, and it's the Bruno move is going to be one of those moves that you look back on and you say, "Yep." I mean, we're already singing now. We're like, "Yep,
1: that was all move. sides,
0: all sides, S- all sides benefited."
1: Got of debt. Yep. Man United got their star, Bruno Fernandez got his big move. Everyone won.
0: Everyone won, and that's how it is here on Reformed Hooligans. We're all gonna win. We're all winning here. So, with that being said, folks. That wraps up another episode. We're going to call full time on that. No Steven Bergvine to come in and ruin the party. Uh, As always, y'all, if you want to check out everything going on in the SSAW universe, head on over to tssaw.com. Again, that's tssaw.com. Everything from our friends covering all the good news with baseball over at Diamond Talk to our friends covering all the great things in football. It's the playoffs right now. Cover Zero, they are live and in full effect. Uh, full Court Press, they're making their comeback. Stay tuned for the next episode of that. Brian and myself will be on. Um, they try to cancel my 10-day contract, but I'm coming back, baby. We're re-upping. Uh, head on over to, uh, of course, our friends Ringside Mayhem, given all the good wrestling news.
1: And Royal Rumble coming the up. The
0: Royal Rumble's coming up, man. I'm watching that. I'm I'm excited. After Edges
1: return last year, I don't think anything can top that
0: though. Well, there's there's a rumor. I'm just gonna throw it out here. That the WWE is possibly gonna open the Forbidden Door and have a have someone come over from another promotion. So it, it the Royal Rumble, who knows? It yeah, there's there's a, that rumor is floating around heavy right now.
1: I have a feeling it's a TNA guy. Yeah. Oh, I think
0: it's a TNA guy. I think it might be Moose. It, it is what it is, and of course. Osa and Abe doing what we do. But here, Reformed Hooligans, y'all know what time it is. Also, uh, if you guys want to check out Twitter, SSAW, the Twitter handle is at SSA Worldwide. Again, that's at SSA Worldwide. Or you can check out Brian's Twitter as well. He's always doing some things to get himself banned. so troll a lot. I don't know who's a bigger troll myself or Brian. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> Free Julian Assange. There it is. <laughs> That's the easiest way to troll there people it on Twitter. Hey, do
0: yourselves a favor, folks. If you haven't watched it, I don't know why I'm prom- promoing this, but if you haven't watched it, if you got HBO Max, check out the Q Into the Storm documentary. That's some wild stuff. Absolutely wild. I watched it the other night, all six episodes. I was like, holy, I felt myself getting tense. Anyhow, That's full-time, y'all. And as always, friends, family, and friends who become familiar, we appreciate y'all. Stay tuned to the next one, and we out.